2: Hello, Jays fans, and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm your host, John Bishop, and we've got a packed show this week alongside my co host, Connor Happer, and Josh Peterson. This week, we are going to talk with redshirt freshman guard Brittany Harshaw from the Creighton women's basketball team, coming off a double digit effort against UNI last weekend. Also, brand new women's soccer coach, Jimmy Walker will come on the program this week and let us know about his plans for Creighton Women's Soccer. And then we're going to hear from the ultimate Blue Jay, Doug McDermott. It was announced just a few days ago that Doug's jersey number three will finally be hung in the rafters at CHI Health Center Omaha. He was on a conference call with Omaha reporters earlier this week. We'll bring you some of the highlights of that conversation as we count down to the retirement ceremony coming up on December 20th when the Jays host Villanova. But before we get things started this week, just a quick thought about the Creighton volleyball team. It was a disappointing five-set defeat at the hands of Louisville in the Sweet 16 round of the NCAA tournament, but what an effort this team gave all season long, winning its 10th straight Big East regular season championship. They doubled it up with yet another conference tournament championship and then make it through the home regional in Omaha to make their third Sweet 16 all time and coming up just short of that Elite Eight bid. But This statistic from Creighton Sports Information Director, Patrick Davis, I think, sums up just how great things have been as of late for Creighton Athletics. Since the start of the 2021-22 academic year, Creighton is only one of two Division I schools to have teams reach the Sweet 16 in both men's and women's basketball, volleyball, and men's soccer, the only other program Is UCLA. That is tremendous work by everyone across Creighton Athletics, and certainly something all Jay's fans and Jay's alums should be very proud of. And of course, there's a great opportunity that we could start yet another streak this season with women's basketball and men's basketball both being entrenched in the top 25. And, of course, all the great things that have been happening in men's soccer. And we expect another great year out of Creighton Volleyball next year as well. So kudos to those programs for the fine, fine work that they have done representing the white and the blue. And with that said, let's turn things over now to Josh Peterson.
3: John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the podcast for the first time ever. It is Brittany Harshaw from the Creighton women's basketball team, a redshirt freshman out of Kansas. Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you?
4: I'm doing good. How are you?
3: I'm doing excellent. You are fresh off being named the Big East Freshman of the Week. What was the reaction when uh, you get when you got the news?
4: Um, I was very um shocked at first, but I was excited and um, very uh, thankful.
3: That's awesome. That is so cool. Uh, w- what's it been like getting onto the floor this season after redshirting a year ago?
4: Yeah, it's been good to um actually be on the courts. It's hard to not play for a year, but um just getting the opportunity and kind of get the getting that um just like game feeling back. It's been it's been a lot of fun.
3: I wanted to ask you about that. Like, you know, we'll we'll talk to players in in various sports who you know have had a very successful career in high school, and then they go to university and they have to redshirt. What what's that experience like for you mentally when suddenly you're not able to do what you what I imagine you really love the most about playing basketball, and that's participating in the games.
4: Uh huh. Yeah. It's it's definitely hard mentally for sure. Um, just like going each day like through all the workouts and um, just trying to stay positive through everything and keeping a positive mindset has definitely helped me a lot and um, just like my teammates and coaches have been there a lot to support me which has been great and um, yeah just just keeping the right mindset and just staying consistent with working hard and showing up every day.
3: You mentioned your teammates. I wanted to ask you about that because I have to imagine that that was a large help last year, right? As you're not playing, just given the culture of this program, what what is it about Creighton University and this team in particular with these players that is just so enticing?
4: Um yeah, everyone is just great uh great on and off the court. Um just on the court too, uh just being able to watch all of the seniors last year and learn from them. And then um, obviously the seniors this year too, as well. So just uh, learning from them and being, being able to go against them at practice, I think has helped me a lot. And um, yeah, just learning and growing from them.
3: Given, given how good this team has been, this program has been uh, especially in recent seasons. Did, did you feel like by the time you got to, you know, the, the opener this year that you had a solid handle on the speed of, of college basketball, just given who you were able to practice against every day last year?
4: Um, Yeah, I would say, I mean, you don't really realize until you actually play that first game. But, um, yeah, at practice, practices are very competitive. Um, We go at it a lot. It gets kind of chippy sometimes, but it's still fun. And uh, uh, just being able to learn last year and, like, get more acclimated to the speed and um, just being able to play this year has been good.
3: Very cool. Let's go back to your high school career because you you also com- competed in track and in golf. Um, you know, we talk so often about athletes today and some of them will be focusing on one sport essentially their entire lives. And anytime I talk to someone in, in your shoes, it's like, no, no, no. It's so important to play a variety of other sports as well. What would you say that those sports have meant to your development as a basketball player? I mean, my first thought was golf has to help with the hand-eye coordination of being out there on the floor.
4: Uh, yeah, golf helps with hand-eye coordination, but also a lot of, like, the mental side, I feel like, because, I mean, like, you're kind of out there and on your own. Like, you can't, uh, you know, get caught up on a bad shot. You kind of got to be, like, next play mentality type of thing. So just being able to translate that to basketball and then also, like you mentioned, track, I think helped me uh, just become a more well-rounded athlete, I guess, just doing different um events and working different muscles.
3: Do you still play a whole lot of golf, like when you get a chance in the offseason?
4: Yeah, actually, I'm trying to get some more of my teammates into it, but uh, I played a lot in the summer, but obviously not now, but yeah.
3: That's awesome. Uh, what what was it about, about Creighton, about Jim Flannery's program, about this place that, that made you want to become a Blue Jay?
4: Um. Yeah, I think the culture and... Just like the teammate, like the atmosphere here just felt different than everywhere else. Um, felt a lot more welcoming and like I feel like I could relate to the girls a lot. And um just having that like support and then just seeing it throughout like, you know, my years here, like I've had no problems and um yeah, everything's just been good.
3: That's awesome. So so getting back to this current season, it's an incredible stretch that you and your teammates are on right now uh, you, just with so few home games since the middle of last month. You had a home game versus Green Bay on the 16th, the, the lone loss of the year, uh, a short trip down the road to to Lincoln for the Nebraska game, then Cancun. You get the Northern Iowa game, and now you're about to begin an embarkment on another few games on the road again. How difficult has that been just given all of this happening, especially around the holiday season? Um, what, what's it been like being away from from the university so much?
4: Um, yeah, obviously Cancun was a lot of fun. So we, <laughs> we try to um make the most out of our trips. Uh, I think it helps a lot that, you know, we're all pretty close. So we'll go hang out like even outside of basketball. So just um having that friendship there and um just trying to, like I said, stay positive and make, make it fun so that, you know, people enjoy it. And we try not to get, you know, caught up in being away from home and stuff. But yeah.
3: Absolutely. And then one more for you. What what where are you hoping to improve as an individual as the uh the calendar it's it's crazy to say it's almost a, about to flip to 2024. Where are you hoping to improve on the floor moving forward this season?
4: Um I think more just uh communication, talking more and um probably more defense and uh try kind of just doing the the little things and um really just embracing my role a lot more and um doing the best that I can do with that.
3: Well, Brittany, we appreciate the time. Congrats again on the Big East Freshman of the Week Award and uh, good luck uh, moving forward, especially as conference play is just about to begin.
4: Thank you so much.
2: John, that was Brittany Harshaw. Back to you. The 6-1 women's basketball team will be on the road for a while. In fact, their next three games are all on the road starting Sunday afternoon at Wyoming at 2 p.m. They'll open Big East play on Wednesday at Marquette and then continue the road trip a week from Sunday, the 17th, at Drake before finally returning home to face off against South Dakota State in the final non-conference game of the season. That will be Thursday, December the 21st. Coming up next here on the 1620 The Jays podcast, brand new women's soccer coach, Jimmy Walker. Everybody in your crew identifies
0: as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
6: Welcome back. More of the sixteen twenty the Jays podcast this week. A couple weeks ago, the Creighton women's soccer program hired a new head coach. Jimmy Walker is that man to lead the program, and he joins us now on the pod. Coach, how are
1: you? Uh, doing great, thank you. Uh, excited to be here, and uh, can't wait to get started at Creighton.
6: Okay, so take us take us through a little bit the process. So you, you spent the last uh, four years at Bowling Green. And the Creighton job pops open, and and sort of what happened from there. I guess what led to today.
1: Yeah. So um, so I, I did. I saw a couple of weeks ago um, that the job had come open, and I kind of remember seeing that, thinking, "Wow, that would be a great opportunity. It's a great, great school. Uh, great school in the Midwest academically. Everybody knows of Creighton." a fantastic opportunity with majors for female athletes. So I was kind of like, oh, that's a really good position. And then uh, I was blessed that uh, Marcus reached out and uh, asked if I would have an interest in the position. So I was kind of sat in my office at BG thinking, man, what a great opportunity. And then the following day, I get a phone call to see uh, or a message to see if I had an interest. And absolutely great facilities, great conference, great part of the country. And uh, I was so excited that he reached out.
6: So, so you knew, I mean, like you knew that this would be a good, like that's what you knew about Creighton and in the Midwest. Like most people maybe coming here for the first time, I know we've cu- talked to a couple on the on the podcast, Steve is like, oh, there's just don't have much experience, and we're kind of taking a shot in the dark here. We've talked to soccer players who are come from overseas before. Um, hell, even even I think that was the story with Fabian Herbers when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He was getting inducted into the Creighton Hall of Fame. He's like, yeah, we kind of just took a shot and ended up working out. But you, you, you kind of had a little bit of background. You, you at least knew the, the gist of Creighton.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've been in the college game for a long time, and um, one of my close friends um, for, for a very long time is a guy called Kevin Doyle. And uh, Kevin is an alum of Creighton. Uh, played on uh, very early days of Creighton soccer and uh, we became really close Uh, we've known each other for 30 years now and uh, he used to just rave about Creighton the school the location the facilities so I was always kind of um, kind of in the loop with Creighton I always followed them because he was there as an assistant coach as well so um, yeah, so so I knew quite a bit about the school and, and everything else, and obviously the tremendous amount of success that the basketball teams have had, and volleyball, and men's soccer, and so on and so forth. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was great, and um, then the conference that the, the Big East conference, what a fantastic conference with some great schools and. Um, yeah, it's just a, a really exciting opportunity. Very cool. Uh,
6: give us give us a little background of yourself. I, people, if you're listening to this, you could you could probably hear the accent a little bit. Uh, that gives you an idea. W- what? Give us a little background of of you and how you ended up where you ended up.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I, I grew up in a coaching family. My dad was a soccer coach. So, uh, at an early age, I was uh, into love the game, love soccer. And I grew up in Birmingham, England, and. Um, I was around a soccer club called Aston Villa. Um, I was there as an academy player till I was about 19 years old. Um, my dad was a coach and player. And um, so I grew up around a coaching family. So that's kind of my start in coaching. Um, I was playing in England and wasn't quite good enough to get a professional contract. So came over to America to get my degree and uh, came over to play, stayed here, met my wife, got my degree um, And then got into college coaching at a very young age. I was about 23 when I started coaching my first college gig um, at a D2 program in Ohio called Tiffin, which is uh, a great opportunity to start your coaching profession. And then worked my way up from Tiffin to uh, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, which is in the Atlantic 10, uh, as the head coach. Then I went to Penn State in the Big 10 for a couple of years and coached there. Uh, and then I was had the opportunity to coach at the semi-professional level in the USL with um, some teams in Toledo where I was running the club and then get back into college coaching again at Bowling Green and now at Creighton. So kind of done full circle with, with the college and uh, the experiences of, of doing college soccer and semi-professional soccer. and. Now back at a, at a great uh, a great school in Creighton.
6: What do you like so much about the college game? It, it sounds like you, you know there's opportunities to get into it, you know, from a, on the professional ranks or or back home. Like, what do you like? What attracted you so much to the college game, and why have you stayed in it for this long? Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so first of all, the game itself is such a. It, it, I just love it. I love it's my passion. It's what I enjoy doing, and I love the game of soccer. Uh, but I think like my opportunity in college getting my degree and playing soccer it 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 changed my life you know I'm always going to be grateful for that experience that I was given because without that experience I wouldn't be where I am today being able to do this and get to coach for a living so uh, that changed my life getting my degree and, and being able to accompany playing soccer and getting an education so um, I get the best of both worlds I get to coach the sport I love and and get to give back to what has given me so much. So I enjoy the soccer piece, the coaching piece, and the mentoring. this age group is, is awesome. And uh, it's a great level. Uh, Division one women's soccer is one of the highest levels in, in world soccer. When you look at all the players that are playing in the world cup at national team level, most of them have come through good division one programs. So it's a really, really good level of soccer for female players. And uh, yeah, just, just love the game and love being able to do this. It's, you know, it's not really – I don't really consider it a job. I get to come to work every day and coach soccer.
6: Coach, we, we know you've been out on the road, you know, hit the ground running basically recruiting since you basically got on the job. Like, what's what's been the reception since you've been out and what kind of, you know, connections have you been able to tap into? And, and I guess just that, like, can you feel the, the general excitement for, for you know, Creighton soccer when you're out on the road and, and trying to, you know, tell people about what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's an awesome place. I mean, I was on the road recruiting in um, Tennessee this week and um, just through the years making lots of connections with coaches at other programs, but just great feedback and a lot of good feedback actually on the po- program in regards to, you know, it's not necessarily a rebuilding job. It's uh, There's a lot of good pieces in place already and we need to continue to massage that and move it forward. So I think the program's in a, in a decent position and we've got to continue to improve and move it forward, but I mean, everybody I speak to is like Jimmy. It's a great gig. It's it's a place where you can be successful. It's a great conference. So, the recruiting has been really busy. We we um, obviously there's some players graduating and and we'll be moving on to do their fifth year at other places. And before I got there, um, some of those decisions are already made from players, mm-hmm. uh, but we've been really busy, you know, looking in the transfer portal at one or two players for January and then getting out. I mean, a big philosophy we have is getting the best local players. So I was able to watch some of the local kids in uh, Tennessee this week. There's some really good talent in the area and, Hopefully, we can keep them close to home.
6: Yeah, I, I know you haven't had the chance to really, you know, crack it open yet. But you you just mentioned, you know, a few things about the the roster and basically just what you what you inherit. It can change a lot because of what you mentioned, the portal and things move move quickly. But as you sort of take the initial glance of of what is here as you arrive, what have you found?
1: Yeah, I think I think the girls seem really excited. Um, and, and with any coaching change, you know, there is going to be it can be a little bit uncomfortable for some players and very exciting for others. So um, everybody seemed really receptive. We had our first team meeting last week and all the girls were really receptive in the meeting. And we asked great questions, kind of talked a little bit about expectations and philosophies moving forward. And um, there's there's any, any coaching changes, a lot of excitement for January on when we get going. And I think there's some really good pieces in place. I've watched a lot of film on the team and there's some very talented kids here. So, if it can continue to progress and improve those players and um, dive into January, getting into systems of play and how we want to do things and bring in some new ideas as well as some really good things they do already. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to dive into that with a team, but I've, I've been really pleased with how receptive the players are and, uh, I think uh, there's a lot of excited people for January.
6: Would you say that you, you know, like when you come in, are you attached to a a certain style of play, or does a lot of that sort of depend on the personnel that that you have and you will have next spring?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you you play to the strengths of the team that you have, and and watching the film, there's there's a lot of talented kids here. Um, but like you know, in the modern game now, if you watch the game, if you watch the best teams in the world play, you know I'm not necessarily married to one way of playing or one system of play. Um, I feel like as a modern coach and and with modern players, players have got to be adaptable and they've got to be able to interchange. They need to know different systems of play, whether it's a four-three-three or a four-four-two or three-five-two. Players need to be adaptable in and out of formations, and that's important. And then style of play um this is a group that likes to play but i feel like um we want to continue to build off of that and uh, and also mix it up and get them behind a little bit as well so kind of mixing the style up a little bit uh, will be something we'll like to dive into in january um but uh, yeah as modern players as modern coaches uh, adaptability is going to be a huge uh, asset to every team
6: awesome jimmy walker the new head women's soccer coach at creighton he's hit the ground running already coach we we appreciate you joining the pod man um Continued success out there and uh, can't wait to get going soon.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Looking forward to meeting everybody.
6: That is new Creighton head women's soccer coach, Jimmy Walker. Certainly, a, I mean, first thing I noticed there is got some energy um, and, and still a relatively young guy. He's been in coaching for a really long time, a head coach at 16 season at the collegiate level. You mentioned Tiffin, Duquesne, Finlay, and Bowling Green for the last four. Creighton gets good hire and, you know, I think – what you hope for when you're going out to hire a new coach is that, you know, there's some reciprocated interest and it sounds like Jimmy certainly has uh some of that as well. I know he's been hitting the ground, running, trying to put together a team for next fall as quickly as possible. One, uh two Mac championships in the last 4 years at Bowling Green and so as he said, this is a job in Creighton women's soccer that has a chance to, you know, kind of just not necessarily rebuild, but um, kind of keep some things going and tweak some things here and there. And then all of a sudden, you can get them back competitive in a hurry. So it's awesome to hear from Coach Jimmy Walker, the new head women's soccer coach at Creighton. All right, I'm Connor Happer. That's it for me on
2: this week's edition of the 1620 the Jays podcast. We will get it back to John Bishop. John? Thanks, Connor. It was announced about a week ago that the – Jersey number three, worn by Doug McDermott, would be retired by Creighton Athletics and hang in the rafters at CHI Health Center Omaha. That ceremony will take place prior to the December 20th game between the Blue Jays and the Villanova Wildcats. Doug McDermott, the all-time leading scorer in Creighton basketball history, and certainly when it comes to the all-time greats in Creighton Athletics, the name Doug McDermott is at, if not the top of the list. Earlier this week, the San Antonio Spurs gave him a few minutes off so that he could speak to the Omaha media via a Zoom conference call. Here are some of the highlights of that conversation with the greatest of all time, Doug McDermott.
5: And I'm wondering how, you know, how they were able to kind of convince you to finally... Allow this to happen did Matt have to come in and close the show like uh like a recruiting pitch or how did you end up comfortable enough to say yeah let's let's do it
7: yeah I mean it, I think it came on the golf course at some point this summer uh you know he uh he's been on me for a few years now um to come back and I've, I've wanted to come back um you know just our seasons are so long and the chance I do get a break I like to be out in the sun and um you know but it finally worked out this year where, you know, I kind of got a break in action, um, just a day off in between games in the Midwest. So it's gonna it's gonna work out great. And the fact that it's Villanova makes it even more special. Doug, when you first put on that Blue Jay uniform, did you ever think that
5: that jersey would someday hang in the rafters of the CHI Health Center?
7: No, I really didn't. Um, you know, that wasn't ever a goal of mine. Um, when I stepped foot on campus, um, I just wanted to Leave the place different uh, than what it was when I got there. Um, that that definitely—all those long nights in the old gym, um, back when we didn't have a practice facility, really, um, just just grinding, trying to make it a better program and trying to achieve my, you know, make it to where I am today. Um, those were my goals, and um, anything else um, would come with that. And this is just a, a huge honor. Um, I think it's more of a reflection to the guys that I was with I hope it's a celebration of those groups and not just a single number in, in my jersey because I wouldn't be I wouldn't have had the career I had without those guys and those coaches uh, Doug congratulations uh just
5: wanted to ask you you know going back to your biggest change during your college career, and joining the Big East. I mean, uh, as the furthest West team, I'm sure, you know, going in, there were a lot of people with question marks about, you know, why Creighton was joining this conference. You know, have you had a chance to look back on what you and, and your team had done to, to really show why the Blue Jays belong in, in a power conference like this?
7: Yeah, I mean, it just feels like so long ago. Um, you know, it's been, whatever, 10 years now. Um, you know, when I decided to come back for that final year, um, it was kind of a lot of uncertainty on how it was going to go. And we felt like we had the right group to transition us into that stage. And uh, we definitely had a great year and, and showed that we belonged on that on that stage. And um, you got to give credit to my dad and those coaches and all the recruits they brought in and all the guys that have suited up since then, because they've elevated it to a to a level that we never could get it to. So it's uh, it's really amazing um to see what they've accomplished and it's just nice to to know that we laid some of the groundwork um to get the program to where it is today just curious you know you guys went from the the valley the big east that year um
5: what was the i guess uh, any any memories of of any games that were really i got, i guess big for that uh, adjusting maybe the the, the, the Villanova game on the road that year, and I also wanted to ask you some more about what what, what do you think about the, the the job your your dad's done uh, elevating the program into that league?
7: Yeah, I mean, there's so many um, that stand out to me. Um, that Villanova game at their place was special, like you said, seeing Roggy hit all those threes. Um, I mean, Providence senior night, um, just unbelievable couldn't have written a better game you know just just so many just i get chills thinking about that game sometimes and um the inaugural game against marquette on new year's um was super cool i remember uh, we're still kind of pissed at my dad because um, he made us stay at a hotel after that game on new year's um out in west omaha so i always give him a hard time about that i think he's he's softened up a little since then but uh those are some great memories uh, that first year, um, but obviously we played more of, played more of my games in the Valley and had some great memories there too with all the fans in St. Louis. Um, just so much fun. Uh, it's just awesome looking back at old photos and, and videos on YouTube, just um, just how fun it was. And on my dad, you know, just the the job he's done. Um, he's really adjusted as a coach, you know. He's a player's coach. Um, he lets them play free. He never let me shoot 19 threes in a game. Uh, but uh, now, now guys are doing that. Um, and just super fun to watch. Uh, I just couldn't be more proud to, to be a Blue Jay alum and just seeing all these guys thrive. Um, can you talk about
5: sharing this moment with your father, knowing that he'll be next to you and as your jersey goes up in the rafters?
7: Yeah, it's going to be uh, emotional for sure for me, um, you know, obviously I have my parents out there with me and, um, you know, I think this is, I trying to avoid it being a award or just a, a, a night for me because it really is about them, it's about everyone in that building really um, that's made it all possible. Um, so it's going to be awesome just to be able to stand there next to him, um, knowing what he's accomplished and. I think his name should be up there um, in the Raptors at some point down the road um, for what he's done for the program. Hey Doug, congrats man. I, uh, you know, I, you,
5: you just kind of mentioned some memorable moments from your, your last year in Omaha, but but what about before then? What are some of the moments that, that stand out to you when you think back in, in, in your entire time as a, as a Blue Jay?
7: Yeah, I mean, just the community of Omaha. Um, obviously Creighton's a very special place. Um, you know just I feel like I just um, it's like one big family I've said that before in the past Um, it's I still see people to this day when I'm on the road traveling to all these NBA cities proud Blue Jay alums and people I feel like I have sat in in classrooms next to Um, it's a bond that that lives throughout an entire lifetime so just super grateful for my time there Uh, still stay in contact with a lot of my professors Um, just a lot of people around the Omaha community. I like to come back, obviously my family, but um, there's no place like it. Um, it's it's changed a lot since I've been there for the better. And uh, it's just great to see them continuing to, to take the program to a new level.
5: The Villanova home game your senior year was the game you passed Larry Bird. And I was wondering what your kind of emotions were on how kind of picture perfect that is that you know, you passed a legend as a player that day, and now you'll be hanging your jersey in the rafters at CHI against that same team. And the follow, the second one is um, you told, you know, kind of a, I don't know, you didn't really tell the story. You kind of just said it happened at your senior night speech that, you know, you remember the moment where you wanted to quit basketball and your dad kind of talked to you out of that. Um, and I'm wondering if what you can remember of, your point of view of that conversation and how your dad kind of swayed you back into the game?
7: Yeah, um, to start with that, um, I just remember being, you know, probably 14, 15 years old, and I just, I hadn't really hit that growth spurt. I was, wasn't was really playing on my AU team at the time. Um, we were in, like, Fort Wayne, Indiana, I think, coming back from AU tournament. It's a pretty long drive back to Ames, Iowa from there. So um, I just remember, like, telling him like hey I kind of I would like to be a coach I'd like to be involved in the game somehow Um, I'm obviously not that guy yet I'm not getting recruited Um, clearly not playing on an AU team so I would love just to be a manager for you um, and just see where that goes and he called me crazy he's he he saw it coming he knew when he hit his growth spurt um, he knew the drive that I had um, and he kind of just talked me off uh, off of it and I'm glad he did um, because from that that moment um, forward i i was as locked in as i've ever been i got back and was on the sophomore team like i said earlier um, at ames high um, and was a 6 man on my junior year team um, that won the state title and i still just had that chip on my shoulder you know seeing harrison do what he did in high school and all these big time coaches coming to watch us um, and still really not getting recruited at a high level i, th- I think If it weren't for those um, moments throughout my career as a young guy, um, I don't think I'd be where I'm at today or that we'd be having this night in Omaha. Um, And then the other question, uh, the Villanova game, um, I feel like that's the game where they didn't let Raggy shoot a three, so it just opened up so much stuff in the paint. And uh, I was able to get off uh, pretty good that game. And um, Larry Bird obviously was like my grandpa's favorite player my dad's favorite player like everyone in iowa loved larry bird um so that was special being able to pass him on that night and uh i always joke about if he if he would have the three-point line he would uh he'd definitely be number one
5: you mentioned how at Ames you had that chip on your shoulder when you first started at creighton did you
3: have that chip on your shoulder or maybe pressure knowing that you're the son of the new coach in town and and if, and you mentioned the new year's night in the hotel is there any other memories you had with your dad whether
5: it be buddy heads on the practice court or or a real bonding moment as well that you had in your time at Creighton
7: yeah I mean uh, yeah it's it's uh, it brings back so many memories that question um, you know I think when I first got there um, you know I really didn't know if I was gonna play my first year um, I thought I was gonna redshirt you know Casey Harriman Ethan um, we had Gregory, Kenny, all those guys in the front line, and uh, I think Wayne Runnels was there, too, and we ended up just having some injuries, and uh, they needed me to play. Um, Casey torres labrum. I think Ethan had plantar fasciitis, and I just really had to step in and play right away, and I ended up playing really well in a scrimmage against Colorado and Denver, and just kind of took off from there. Um, they had all the vets on the team had confidence in me. Um, they were feeding me the ball, and... Uh, I kind of just ran with it um, and i'm super obviously didn't want those guys to be hurt, but um it probably would have been a different story for me my freshman year if that wouldn't have happened um, and <laughs> with my dad, you know obviously we uh we definitely butted heads at times it was tough being a college kid um having to go back to your parents' house at times you know you kind of just want to be on your own because um, you live with them your whole life um but Looking back, it was a lot of fun, you know, sending my laundry home with him every once in a while. Uh, These were pre-NIL days, but he could legally give me some cash to go to the movies. So these were uh, fun times. Uh, He he called me some things in practice, um, and he he made me swear that I can't tell my mom any of those things. And uh, it was just, it was a great time. I credit Jack Stark a lot, um, who, I'm sure a lot of you guys know about. He helped me a ton on the mental side of the game. I caught during my college experience, and he did a great job of kind of being the bridge between me and my dad and helping me, you know, kind of get through that stuff.
5: Doug, I, mean, I just wanted to ask you, because I know you alluded to it earlier, that you hope that everybody celebrated, not just yourself. Is it uncomfortable for you to, to get recognized individually in, in such a way and, you know, in, in such a high honor?
7: Yeah, it is a little uncomfortable. Um, you know, obviously it's a huge honor, um, but luckily it's a quick, quick deal where I can, you know, see it happen and just really soak it all in, so, soak in the atmosphere. And um, I just really hope that people know that it's it's not just a it's not just a me thing. It's it's a we thing. It's a what all of all of those guys on my team and coaches, managers. It's a it's a, it's an honor for for all of us. It's not just me and. You know, I hope someday we could all be recognized together. Um, And I know a lot of guys will be in the building um, with me. So I'm just really looking forward to kind of having a little reunion.
2: As far as the Blue Jays are concerned, they will be playing host to Central Michigan Saturday afternoon. That game will be heard on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg, 11 a.m. pregame show with a 1 p.m. tip as the Jays get ready to wind down the non-conference portion of their season. As we mentioned earlier, the women's basketball team is on the road to Laramie, Wyoming, to take on the Wyoming Cowboys. Two o'clock is the tip-off time. That will be on the... Mountain West Network, for those of you who have access to that. And then on Wednesday, women's basketball is at Marquette on Flow Sports and BEDN starting at 7 o'clock. And men's basketball will be in Las Vegas to take on the UNLV Rebels. We will have coverage on 1620 the zone and 1019 the keg, 6 p.m. pregame, 8 o'clock tip off from Las Vegas. And that's a look at what is ahead in Creighton Athletics. Thanks again to Connor Happer and Josh Peterson. I'm John Bishop. We will be downloading brand new 1620 the Jays podcast each and every week. So please hit that subscribe button or check us out at 1620thezone.com. Just search for the 1620 the Jays page. Now for Connor and Josh, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 the Jays podcast has been a presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha.